good morning, everyone. You can take a seat. <laughs> Thank you. So as a church, we are going on this journey of, say it. Healing hope. That's right. We are seeing our hope restored. We're restoring our hope, aren't we, through, through what God's speaking to us in this season. And, um, you know, possibly one of the key scriptures which uh, we're tuning into in this is in Romans 15, 13. And it says, may the God of hope, that's who we believe our God is, the God of hope, fill you with joy and peace as you trust him. See, we've, we've got a part to play in this. The God of hope can fill us with joy and peace as we trust him. And the thing is as well, you know, that joy, sometimes we, we look at the word joy and we can think it's like, oh, it, it means fun, right? Like, you know, when I kick a, kick a goal and I'm playing footy and, and that goal goes through the sticks and it's like, yeah, that's, I'm joyful. That, that's not the joy we're talking about. We're talking about the kind of joy that surpasses the circumstances we're in. We're talking about the kind of peace that surpasses the circumstances we're in. The kind of joy that comes like the day we were first saved. The kind of joy that propels us to an, into, into an amazing future with an eternal joy and peace. That's the kind of joy and peace. So may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what our heart is for each one of you, whether you're online or whether you're in the room with us. And this is the kind of journey we're going on together. Now, this morning... We're going to talk about rest, and we're going to talk about rest and the challenge of trusting in God to provide in all the areas of our life, okay? So here's the deal. Throughout 2020, you know, during lockdowns here for us in Melbourne, in Victoria, I've heard it said things like, it's so hard because we just can't plan on anything. Have you ever felt like that? And it's like what, what, what we're actually meaning was we don't know what the future holds, so we feel like our now is hopeless or hopeless, right? And, you know, when it's, 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 it's hard kind of like not knowing in a certain way. And when we lose our choices and our freedoms in life, it's not easy, is it? And so having to kind of like study the bad news and then share it with others, it can be deflating. And, you know, we've had to explain to our kids things like we can't drive to visit, you know, our friends because they're outside the five kilometre radius or, you know, maybe there might not be a graduation at school because we just don't know the kind of like what the future's doing. And, you know, I believe that you know, when we go through difficult seasons in our life, I believe that if we lean into what God is saying, we can be better for it. Who believes that? Yeah. All right. So, you know, and then there's like the, the providers, you know, like it's like those in the family who are responsible for, you know, kind of like providing. Some, some of us have lost jobs. Some of us have um, seen our savings erode. And some of us have even had our heads down and just kind of like worked harder. And, you know, at my work, I know the CEO made like an announcement and he said that basically, you know, no one's taking annual leave, guys. You still need to go on holidays. And, you know, so the providers overall have had less rest time. And again, you know, if we don't know what the future holds, 
we feel like our now is hopeless. And for providers, and I'll just say on behalf of men, for most men, the answer that we've kind of defaulted to is to bog down our heads and, and work harder, right? Because, you know, we, we don't want to feel that thing of like we're losing ground. So anyway, it's universal, right? It doesn't matter kind of like whether your role is in the home is to provide or whether your role is to plan. It doesn't matter whether you're a student. It doesn't matter if you're in the workforce or if you're a stay-at-home carer. It doesn't matter if you're retired. We are not immune from this problem. And that problem is that not knowing what the future holds makes us feel like our now is hopeless. So what do we turn to when the future is unclear? What or who do we turn to when it feels like we are losing grip of the situation? And so, you know, there's um, a, a, in, in our Bibles, there's a letter that was written to the, the Hebrews, okay? And this letter is like one of the most profound, it's got the, some of the most profound revelations in terms of hope and in terms of faith. And I believe if we're to take hold of what the author of Hebrews is saying in the text that we're going to talk about, then it would be, we'll be able to experience greater levels of peace and joy, regardless of the turmoil or the chaos that kind of surrounds us, okay? So when it comes to restoring hope, this advice seems to almost be like the opposite of what we would do naturally, and in case you miss it, I'm just going to tell you what it is right now. The author of Hebrews is saying, trust God and rest. Okay? So, but before we just dump into the t- text, I just want to give you a quick kind of like backstory of, you know, God delivering the Israelites from Egypt so you can understand what this author's talking about, okay? So for about 430 years, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt and Pharaoh was a harsh ruler, okay? So God chose Moses to ask Pharaoh to let my people go. And some of you may have heard this story before. And God promised to lead them out of captivity and into a land of milk and honey or into a promised land, okay? So Pharaoh refused to let them go and through a series of plagues and supernatural events, things like locusts in massive amounts, things like the water sources all being blood, things like complete darkness, throughout all these supernatural events, Pharaoh finally agreed to let the Israelites go out of slavery. But it wasn't over, you see, because the Israelites packed their things to leave and Pharaoh changed his mind and set off and to pursue them with some chariots. And so he was charging after them, right? And this is um, what happened. God miraculously delivered them again, okay? Moses stretched out his staff over the Red Sea and the seas parted and the whole All the Israelites walked through that open sea. It was quite an amazing um, deliverance that God did. And he allowed the Israelites to escape across the uh, the sea, away from the harm of, you know, the Egyptians and, and Pharaoh who was coming charging in. But then after crossing the sea, they were in what they call the wilderness or the desert, okay? And it only should have taken them 11 days to get from that place in the, on the other side of the sea to get through the wilderness to the promised land if they kind of like walked and did a direct, you know, normal pace, direct travel to the promised land. But what happened was Moses dispatched two spies to scout out the land and 
um, when they came back, one of the um, spies was like, you know, quite confident, said, yeah, you know, look, there's kind of like giants in there, but, you know, God has called us to this. And because God's word said, you know, we can go into the land, we can take this promised land. And then uh, the rest of the spies, because there were 12 in total, they actually gave quite a negative report and said, oh, I don't know, those giants look big and they've got strong cities and they're fortified and, you know, this isn't, I'm not sure we can do it. So, you know, really what happened was they were presented with kind of like the same conundrum, right? It's this thing that they didn't know what the future was. So it's like they're now felt hopeless, okay? And so what did they do? And this is where we're going to pick up in Hebrews 3.16. For those of you online, it should be on the screens for those in the room as well. So this is what happened, right? Hebrews 3.16. This is the author of Hebrews kind of like reflecting on what happened with the Israelites. And he says, The same people who were delivered from bondage and brought out of Egypt by Moses were the ones who heard and still rebelled. Okay, what does that word rebelled mean? They grieved God for 40 years it took them, 40 years by sinning in their unbelief. Okay, so this rebellion is not believing, not believing what, what God said. They dropped until they dropped dead in the desert. So God, verse um, 18, so God swore an oath that they would never enter into his calming place of rest all because they disobeyed him. It's clear that they could not enter into their inheritance. They had an inheritance to enter into. It's clear that they could not enter into their inheritance because they wrapped their hearts in what? Unbelief. That's right. So Hebrews 4 verse 1. And it says this. Now God has offered us. So this is the author of Hebrews speaking to who? Us, speaking to those, you know, let's, in time-wise, this is after, you know, Jesus has died that this, this has been authored. So this is kind of like New Testament, right? So God has offered us the same promise of entering into his realm of resting in confident faith. His realm of resting in confident faith. What does that look like, you're probably wondering, this realm? It looks like, you know, God's got my back right? It looks like moving from a place of difficulty and into inner peace amidst the chaos and turmoil, all right? So if, um, you know, the Israelites were moving into the promised land, even when there were giants in the way, if they're moving into and they were saying yes to God and they were moving, even though it seemed like there were giants in the way, that is entering into the realm of confident faith, okay? And, you know, it's kind of like say, stating, God, because you said so, I'm confident it will be exceedingly more than I can ask for or imagine, okay? This is kind of like what, what I'm going to call, and this is the title of what we're talking about, is faith rest, okay? This is faith rest. So, now God has offered us the same promise of entering into his realm of resting in confident faith. So we must be extremely careful. Check out the adjectives. He says, must. We must be extremely. This is not like a, oh, you know, we should just be careful that we don't kind of like embrace it. No, no, no. He's saying we must be extremely careful to ensure that all, all embrace the fullness of that promise and not 
fail to experience it, okay? Then it's like, wow, this sounds important, right? You're, you're thinking, this sounds important, but what exactly can I do right now to experience this? And to which the author answers us in the next verses, and he says, basically, you've got to deeply believe and trust and follow God's word. So Hebrews 4 verse 2, For we have heard the good news of deliverance, just as they did, yet they didn't join their faith with the word. And that word is like a capital W. And we know that that's the word of God. God is the word, right? So, you know, this good news of deliverance for the, those, you know, the Israelites, the good news of deliverance they heard was the exit out of bondage in Egypt and into the promised land, right? And for us, the good news of deliverance we um, have received is the exit out of bondage being sin and shame and the entry into promise or forgiveness and righteousness, that promise of forgiveness and righteousness, okay? So that is what we are entering into. Now, instead, of, instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply and they doubted. When we hear God's word, we've got to allow it to affect us deeply and we've got to, move into a place of believing God's word in our life, in our circumstance. You know, perhaps you're in a situation where you have lost hope because of what you see or what your circumstances are. And this is exactly what the children of Israel would have felt when they entered into the wilderness and the spies came back seeing giants, right? But just like then, now God is inviting us to join our faith with his word and to allow his word to affect us deeply. God invites you to believe his good news of deliverance in your every need, okay, in your every need. So Hebrews 4.3, for those who choose to believe, faith activates the promise. Everyone say faith activates the promise. And we experience the realm of confident rest. What is that promise? You're thinking, what, what, what promise am I activating? It's the promise he talked about in verse one, which is his realm of resting in confident faith. So our faith activates that promise, okay? Now, to those who first heard the good news of deliverance and failed to enter into that realm of faith rest because of their unbelieving hearts, Yet the fact remains, this is what the author of Hebrews is saying, the fact remains we still have the opportunity to enter into faith rest and experience the fulfillment of this promise. And so when it says we still have this opportunity, it's like the opportunity hasn't gone away, guys. It's still available for you today. But secondly, entering into faith rest is a choice we have. And I want you to open your mind into this is a choice we have, okay? So he says in verse 7, For God still has ordained a day for us to enter into this promise, and it's called today. For it was long afterwards that God repeated it in David's words, and what the author of Hebrew is doing right now is reflecting back on Psalm 95, verse 7 and 8. And this Psalm 95, verse 7 and 8 wraps up 
kind of like what happened with Israelites and stuff. And, and what the start of that says, it says, if only today you would listen to his voice and not harden your hearts, okay? Because that's what the, when they doubted and when they didn't listen, that's what the Israelites did. They hardened their hearts. So the author of Hebrews says, now if this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua, which was one of the good spies, brought the people into the land, God wouldn't have spoken of another rest yet to come. So if, what are you saying here? Here's what he's saying here. If after 40 years, if the entry into the promised land meant that all of God's people were now in rest, then God wouldn't have said it in Psalms after that. Okay, so there is another opportunity for us to enter into this fullness of rest. And we all need to make a choice to do that because God in his grace gives us another invitation. Okay, so verse nine. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete. So based on the fact that God said there's a today and there's another chance for you to enter into rest, we now conclude, this is the big conclusion, that there is a full and complete rest waiting for who? Waiting for believers to experience. How good's that? So God doesn't want you to be a workaholic. Toil and striving are counter to rest. The Aramaic can be translated, it says that he arose to be the Sabbath for the people of God. So Jesus arose to be our Sabbath, right? To, to make us have a doorway into this place of rest. And the good news is that today God invites you into complete rest. And we're going to talk about what that is. <clears throat> so I get it. This rest, so you're saying to me, Tim, I get it. This rest is now available to believers. But how do I get it? How do I, how do, I do this rest thing? We need to believe it. We need to believe it, Okay. The author makes it clear that we need to partner our faith with God's word, okay? So let's look at verse 10. As we enter into God's faith rest, what do we do? This is kind of like the application, guys. This is what Tim talked about, a whole bunch of stuff, but what did I need to do? As we enter into God's faith rest, we cease from our own works, okay? Just as God celebrated his finished works, and rests in them. So this is actually referring back to in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth and it took six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. What happened when he rested? He celebrated in his finished work. Okay, right? So what, this is, what the author of Hebrews is saying is, you know, we, once a week, we take a day off from working to rest. And what do we do? We What is this doing? This is a declaration of faith in God's provision and promise. Okay? This is us focusing on his achievements, not ours. Our our rest is focusing on what God has done, what God is doing. Okay? So I know you probably think to yourself, (laughs) Tim, why didn't you say this at the beginning? If all I have to do is just take a day off work or I don't have to work anymore, let me be clear. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying never work again. (laughs) I believe that God does want us to work, but he also wants us to rest, yeah? And he's kind of like said, maybe once a week's a a good pattern to get into. So 
What do I do on this day off? We celebrate his finished works and rest. And why, you're thinking, why do I take this day off? Because in taking this day off every week, we get are going to soak in his presence, in his word, and this is our statement of faith. This is our faith activating the promise, all right? Which is what we were talking about earlier in the scripture. So Hebrews 4.11, we're still on the application. So then we must give our all and be eager. Who likes when the weekend comes? <laughs> we'll be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief that the Israelites did. So have you ever heard that phrase that Graham Cook says, rest is a weapon. Because, and why? Because rest is faith declaration that says, I trust God to meet all my needs in his perfect way. Not in the way that my mind comprehends he's going to meet my needs, in his perfect way. And the enemy wants to suck you into the cycle of worry and doubt and thinking of like lack thinking. And this is the opposite to what we're journeying through in our restoring hope, right? Our restoring hope is thanksgiving and testimony, isn't it? Right? So don't be like the Israelites by doubting when you see a giant, okay? Drop the pattern of doubt and unbelief. Choose to trust in God's word. That's what I'm saying this morning. So you might be asking, what is the word, Tim, that I should be following? What's this word? And... He says in verse 12, For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. So you're all visualizing a sword now, right? So a two-edged sword, another another way is to say that it's like a two-mouthed sword, right? So God speaks his word, and then in agreement, we speak his word, and it becomes a two-mouthed sword. That's what happens, right? Because we're partnering in faith with God's word, aren't we? And there's something in us actually speaking it out. When you verbalize God's word, in some amazing way, it transforms into like faith and believing it. Have you guys noticed that? So verse 12, if we, sorry, it, talking about the word it, will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. So our soul and spirit are our non-physical parts of that every person has in our bo- is part of our being, right? And joint and marrow are the physical parts of our existence. And all of this kind of like combines to form our humanity. Now, God's word has the ability to uncover hidden aspects of our being and make them known. So what I'm saying this morning is this penetrating, revealing word of God is actually a key component to us entering into faith rest. We need to soak in the word of God. We need to be like a sponge and like, you know, absorb it into us, okay? And so in summary, what have I been talking about, guys? I've been saying, in summary, you may not have known it, but God is inviting you to enter into a place of faith rest. We activate the promise by believing, okay? Trusting and taking a day off and using time to marinate in his word, okay? 
This faith rest will restore hope and inject peace and joy into our life. Who wants some of that? All right, cool. So I just got a couple of um, quick points because when I was chatting about preparing and this was the topic of my wife, you know, wakes up in the morning and says, hey, Tim, check out Hebrews 4. (laughs) And then she'll tell me like, you know, the whole sermon outline and, you know, this. so I've just got a couple of quotes from Rose. Who wants to hear those? All right. So this is what Rose says, and I believe it's profound, by the way. (laughs) This is some awesome wisdom on the topic. Rest is not working hard all year to save up for the perfect holiday in Hawaii. Then you rest. That's not what rest is. Rest is not flopping on the couch at the end of the day or sleeping in of a morning. Rest, check this out, is the deliberate carving out of time to refresh and feed your soul and connect with God. Isn't she good? (laughs) Rest is saying, I enjoy walking on the beach and talking with the creator of heaven and earth. Rest is kind of like a tithe in the sense that you set aside your time and ask God to bless it. Rest is trust. Rest is announcing that I trust that God will provide when I rest. And this was a cool one. Most of the battle of rest is in the mind. We have to stop thinking, planning, busying in order for our whole being to rest. So, and this was one that, you know, as I was preparing, I felt God speak to me. Rest is not religious. Remember when Jesus said that Sabbath is, what is it, not for, not for man or what? Tell me, Rose. It's a tongue twister, is it? <laughs> something like, I didn't create Sabbath to make rules and stuff like that. Sabbath was something I made to bless you. That was the heart of what Jesus said, right? So there can be seasons of our life when kind of like we've got increased workload. Let's be honest, we know that can happen. But when this takes away from our time with God, when it takes away from soaking faith rest, then we're starting to trend in the wrong direction. So it's not rule and religious, but it's just something that we do. It's because who we are, right? So rest is also linked to healing and rest allows our minds to absolutely absorb hope. Rest is marinating in the flavour and favour of God. Rest is celebrating His wonderful works on earth in your life, in your family. And rest is deliberately being thankful to our Father in heaven. Okay, so I want you to kind of like imagine this for a moment, right? Imagine if the rest we set aside on this one day a week and imagine if we did this and absorbed and trusted God's word, what, how would it change our world? How would it change our world? You see, I believe it would change our world from not knowing what the future holds and feeling like our now is hopeless to knowing who we are, what our future holds, and overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I believe doing rest would absolutely transform our world. I believe it would transform your life for the better. So what we're going to do now is, I'll just get Len to um, prepare the 
We're going to put on some music, okay? And we're going to spend five minutes actually experiencing or entering into soaking rest, okay? So during this time, I'm actually going to speak, Tim will be speaking, and I'm going to speak words over you. And the kind of language I'm going to be speaking is like I'm God and I'm speaking into your life, okay? So what I want everyone to please do is close your eyes and listen to my voice, whether you're online or whether you're in your room. I want you to focus on not what's for lunch, but what God is speaking to you in this moment. Are you ready? Beloved, as you accept my offer of rest, I will minister to your whole being, your spirit, your soul, and your body. I call you beloved because I desire for you to be loved. I desire that you are free from the things that weigh you down. That's why I sent my son to make a way for this to happen. To your soul, I say you are forgiven. I am releasing you of your past. To your body, I say you are healed. I'm making you whole. To your mind, I am renewing and refreshing you. I am washing you with my word. To your heart, I say I've chosen you. You are my child who I adore. Come to me just as you are. I have reconciled your spirit to mine so we can draw closer. Beloved, let my words strengthen you. This very day, my words will mean more to you than anything anyone could ever say. It is in my words that you find life and strength. When you are praised or when or when you are criticised, come back to me and lay these words before me. Only in my presence will you know the truth. If I correct you, it is for your transformation and your good. When I encourage you and display my love, receive it with joy, for it is your strength. When you feel condemned by others, remember, condemnation doesn't come from me. I never condemn my children. My words are meant to strengthen you and build you. Do not seek the respect of others and thereby forget my words. Trust in me. It's my love that you need. I am your life source, and today I am the living word within you. Beloved, I am enough for you. When you face difficulties and limitations, I will whisper into your heart, I am enough. I will not shield you from every hardship, 
But as you walk through them with your eyes set on me, yes, even in the deepest pain, I am still enough. I will be your wraparound shield and your strength in the midst of your difficulty. When you are lonely and seek companionship, I am enough. When your heart is troubled over many things, bring your soul before me, for I am enough. When the lies men have spoken bring disturbance to your mind, I will wash them away, for my word is enough. And when darkness comes, I am enough to see you through the night. Come and learn the secret that all my lovers learn. I am enough for you. Beloved, fix your eyes on me. Even as these battles rage against your soul, I am right here with you in the midst of them. Though you are battle weary, I will be your strength. I have all the grace you need to stand, to breathe again, to see things from my perspective and align your thoughts and words with mine. If you are feeling defeated, my child, it's time to completely release your impossible situation to my capable hands. I will continue to remind you over and over, I am the God of possibility. Nothing is too hard for me. Lean into my arms. Let me be your strength when you have none. Let me breathe into every cell and every thought. Invite me to expose every lie with my unshakable truth. Focus on my omnipotence, not your problem. Bring me your analyzing and overthinking as an offering of total abandonment and trust. Fix your eyes on me, beloved, and you will feel me washing away the debris of doubt and frustration. Sing your highest praise and choose to believe that I will take care of you. We could just get the house lights back on. If everyone can open their eyes. <clears throat> Isn't God so good? He provides us this rest that just centers us and lets us know that we're loved. So just in closing, I just want to let you know that we're going to be sharing some resources for you to spend soaking rest time like we just experienced. And um, and that is that I would we're going to send an email out. It's going to go out at 11 a.m. this morning, so it's quarter past now, so you probably already got in your inbox, inbox. If you're on the MCC mailing list, if you're not, just have a chat with someone and we'll add you. Now, what these resources are, they're free videos which you can access on YouTube and they are soaking devotionals that will speak spiritual truth over your life and they will renew and refresh your spirit as you deeply engage and soak in the presence of God. And this would be a real great thing to do on your rest day that you choose. 
So I'd encourage you to set aside time to enter into this faith rest that we've been talking about with this resource. And additionally, there's also the option of putting on instrumental worship music. What we're actually listening to right now is an instrumental worship music from Joshua Mills, who came to our church a few years back. And you can put that on, or you can put um, Christian instrumental worship music on. And, um, and while you listen, read the Word of God out loud. Remember we talked about reading out loud. Is that something that activates the faith and the promise, right? So using that two-mouthed sword and focus on what God is telling you when you read His Word. So thanks, guys. I'm going to hand it back to Julie. Thank so you, Tim. Wow, Tim, thank you.